We are recording. Hey, Dave. How you doing? I'm good. Uh, let's bring our guest in straight away. We've got Will from, how do you describe yourself these days, Will? Crafty Pint? Uh, yeah, Crafty Pint and a freelance on the side. So if you need a writer, call Will. Yeah, if, if you're busy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, call me first, please. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking? I'm drinking the Three Ravens Pulp Free Juicy. How is it? Yeah, it's good. As it's good as Juicy? No, it's different, but yeah, I prefer Juicy. Mm. I just got this because I hadn't tried it before. Mm. Dave, what are you drinking? Uh, I have got the Akasha Trade Ring Lager. It's a pretty boring selection. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's really good though. Love it. I like that better. Yeah. <laughs> um, it could be a bit of a, well, it could be some work for you editing because we've got Two microphones and three people. So yeah, yeah. Passing around. So that is that is my best fault. Best of luck for you. Well, I mean, your fault. Your resp- responsibility to clean it up. Yes, yes. I got a few days. Should we want to do some? What are you oh, drinking? Oh, Luke? sorry. I'm yeah. drinking the batch hazy, hazy. For someone uh, who doesn't like New England style IPAs, you should drink a lot of them. Yeah. Well, I think this is a sour. Is it it's certainly sour? <laughs> um, I can't quite read the. Yeah, you I saw you that. Sour, I don't yeah. like that. Like, I don't, don't uh, stop souring IPAs. I don't want to drink it. It is that kind of. It's just a hoppy sour. What's the, is it, what's the most amazing one you ever had? A sour IPA. Yeah. I've never had a good one. Yeah, I mean this Are is fine. Will? No, none. <laughs> <laughs> this is fine. No, they're like, all just fine though. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it should be labelled a hoppy uh, an IPA. Just right. call it like a hoppy kettle sour. And this, to be fair, it's New England, but New England. It evokes. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I mean, it's so hard. I don't know how interesting this topic, this topic it's is. It's so but hard to like work out categories these days. New England sour just means like I don't know, they just pop the shit out of it. If it's, it's just hazy, sour. New England doesn't really apply to it, does it? <sighs> Whatever. I don't know. Uh, do we want to do some news? Let's just finish early. Let's just yeah, yeah, we're off. done. Um, oh, this is our annual award show. Ooh. This is why we've got Will along. Uh, we've asked Will to think of some things, but mostly because I think, Dave, you and I always choose the same things. Yeah, we're on the same page. Our plan last year was we'd both have our nominees and then we'd present the cases for each one. Uh, and then it turned out that we pretty much just thought the same thing anyway. So there wasn't much debate about it. I may have um, whittled down my list a little bit based on things I thought you guys wouldn't think oh, no, of. So, I, like so yeah, I, I knew I knew so I was coming in as a, a wild card. Minute episode, perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was the plan. Coming in as a wild card. That's uh, will eight in the hole. Wild card Zebo. Yeah. Yep. News: Pirate Life sold to ABN Bev. Yes. I guess we saw that coming. Probably yep. not as soon as we thought. Yeah. It's interesting. They've got a massive investment. Or they're building a big brew pub in Hindmarsh. Yeah. Hindmarsh? Port Adelaide, whatever Port Adelaide, it is. Port Adelaide, whatever it is, yeah. I think and they're in Hindmarsh now. Though. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, they yeah. are. Yeah. I'm wondering if they maybe overstretched things a little bit and needed to sell out. Quite possible. Sell, sell out, for lack of a bit of word. Sell earlier than anticipated. Yeah, maybe. That could be it. Because I figured when we talked to them and they mentioned their plans to us last year or whatever it was, I thought like if they were to sell, they'd wait till they'd created a more valuable business before pulling the pin. But, um, Will? Yeah, I uh, thought the same thing. Like, like I thought that there's, it would seem too early for them to sell and that if they continued on the track they were going, they would just go from strength to strength that they've already shown. But I also wonder if part of it might be that there's a bit of nerves that there's maybe only so many breweries in Australia AB actually want to buy. So mm. there might be a bit of a concern that... If they're offering us X amount now, yeah. then... 
how do we know it'll be at our worth in a year's time? It yeah. will be more money, but will it be as valuable a deal to us in 12 months? Mm, mm. And I imagine it was a pretty valuable deal without knowing the details. Yeah, I'm sure of it. Um, but if it gets some Pirate Life beers and some ABI in uh, venues, good news for Will it change your... Like, will you, you know, throwback or pale might be a regular rotation for a six-pack for you. Is that going to change things? No, I don't think so. Like, I I enjoy the Pirate Life beers quite a lot, especially as though that sort of, like, fridge six-pack. Um, uh, it's not going to stop my, expo- like, exploration of beer. And if I can get that more, uh, like, uh, widely available and possibly cheaper, I'll be happy with it. I think I'll probably fill my fridge with less of it because I like to... Buy independent, but yeah, if I'm looking for a good beer to have in a pub, it works for that. But at the same time, you know, there's a lot of pretty good four pint beers, a lot of pretty decent goose beers coming in. It's kind of like, uh, how, how long do we keep saying, well, these beers are going to be in every AB and Bev tap controlled pub because there's actually only so many taps out there that are going to feature all those beers, aren't there? It's a good point. Yeah, I probably just treat them like I treat all the others where I won't go out of their way to fill my fridge, like you said, Will, but you know, if it's on tap and I want to try it, or, or it's not going to stop me. Um, yeah, good luck to them. Yeah. They make good beer. They're nice guys. They are good peeps. Now, has it been a big container issue in New South Wales? I don't really understand it. Oh, but I'm not fully across it, but luckily we do have – what was the terminology you used earlier? A fountain of knowledge? I really regret saying. Okay. If, if I said anything like that, I, I'm completely <laughs> regretting it now. <laughs> take us through what the issue is and what your take is on it. So this is a big one for New South Wales listeners. Uh, it, it came into effect in the state on Friday. Basically, it's similar to the South Australian scheme, which has been around for about four decades, where if you return a can or a bottle to a selected point, you get 10 cent refund. And the aim is to increase recycling, which is great. I, uh, basically, there's been a lot of negative flow effects no one seems to have thought about in relation to craft beer specifically. Craft breweries seem to be, or smaller breweries seem to be at the pointiest end of the, of the market, uh, of, of those affected by it, uh, largely because you, the more different beers you have is in different ranges of beers, the more you have to pay. So a massive brewery, brewery, brewery sorry, like CUB, which only has a limited number of beers, pays an $80 per line admin fee, whereas if you're producing a different beer every month, like completely new beer, you got to still pay that admin fee. So, yeah, that's the main effect it is having. That is think, significant, isn't it? Yeah, well, it looks like the Environmental Minister of New South Wales has just said that they might look at capping that, so which is what they do in South Australia. But the other thing is you can't crush your cans before returning them, which part of this is you're meant to be clearing beer cans from sort of parklands and that kind of thing. But there's no perfectly stored cans in parks as far as I've ever seen. Like, like you never see a can in its perfect package condition, at least in the park. So there's a lot of it that, you know, and this is a scheme that started two weeks ago and I spent two weeks before it came in trying to get a lot of answers from the EPA and I only answered about half my questions, but a lot of them were on the lines of, yeah, why, the, you know, you know, Wildflower, why is their beer contained in this scheme and wineries, a winery's wine isn't, even though they're in the exact same bottle type? 
So that's probably one we should have led with that wineries are actually excluded from the right. scheme as well. Completely intact rule is a weird one. Like that's why Colonial don't do 360 lids in South Australia because if you were to rip it off, it's suddenly no longer so that, intact. Right, okay. So I'm guessing that's going to be the same in New South Wales. You're nodding your head, Will. And like, yeah, as you say, like most people, even if they're drinking in their backyard, they're drinking a can, they're going to crush it a little bit with their hands and throw it away. I might but have never seen an intact empty can in my life. Oh, you definitely have. Well, I crush all my <laughs> cans just so they fit in, like it's eat, so they're easier yeah. to deal with. Um, and, and, you know, if, th- if you're thinking about the reality of this, like imagine having boxes and boxes of uncrushed cans in your house and then driving to a Woolworths every Saturday or every second Saturday to feed them through a machine, like... That's my idea of hell. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do. I would never do that. That's what's the a nightmare. How much do you get? Ten cents a can. Ten cents a can. Yeah, for two dollars forty on a twenty-four pack. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> I think. And a few things have come out since it was released. Like um, a lot of the machines you can't access if you're in a wheelchair. Oh yeah. For example. Yeah. You know, all the machines speak in English, so, so there's issues there. So what's the reasoning for that? For the whole thing, like, why do they? It's something like forty-four percent of the litter stream is made up of cans, PET bottles, and stubbies. Mm-hmm. So it's to take them out of the litter system before they get in, yeah. so that they're properly recycled. There's also the issue with recycling isn't really happening in Australia anyway. There's that um, ABC investigation mm. war on waste where they just found out like millions of tons is just sitting in warehouses and then eventually just goes to landfill rather than being recycled. So I wonder where that is going to It's also, I mean, if you want to talk about environmentally, it's a very industry, industrial process recycling. It actually has a very large carbon cost. So while we're still reliant on fossil fuels, you you can make an argument of, you know, where the environment... You know, it, it may benefit one part of the environment, but does it have a detriment to the other part? And particularly if you know, people are driving around more or councils have to drive them out to these huge collection spots and then you've got to employ so many people and that kind of thing. Like, there's there's a lot of flow-on effects to that. Yeah, interesting. I guess watch the space if they're going to start capping it or changing it or... Yeah, or they, they said, you know, they've effectively admitted that there maybe weren't some issues resolved. On the open-top cans, it looks like both Bentspoke and Colonial won't be able to sell their cans if they remain the same in New South Wales from December 1st, 2019. Okay, so there's so a couple of years. They've got two years to come into compliance. Um, so, yeah, but, I mean, Colonial's really built, built their brand around those cans. Well, not entirely, but they're an important part of their yeah. image and about who they are. But I guess it might not be a bad thing if they're printing up enough to do South Australia. You know, the amount of cans you need to buy then probably going to be not so bad if they have to buy a little bit extra anyway. Um, yeah, interesting. Anything else on that one? No, I think that's that's it. Good rundown. I like it. I went to Wellington. How was last it? Last week. Wellington was good. Um, I like how you got, you got nervous and you're holding the microphone still. Well, <laughs> how was <laughs> it? Wellington follow-up <laughs> questions. That's all I had. You've never been to Wellington, Will? No, no I've oh, never been. So okay. I couldn't ask any more. Um, you definitely make a trip over. I went, l- went to the Wild Workshop. The Garage Project, uh, whatever it is, workshop. Uh, Joss showed me around. It was awesome. I had a great time. Uh, they've got some big photos there. Uh, they've got a lot of barrels with a lot of different things in them. 
picked a lot up one of those beers that I totally forgot about until you just mentioned it. So one of the ones. Drink that tonight. The f- what's the first Wild Workshop beer? Hippity Dippity or something? Something like that. Yeah. They it looks like a stained glass window almost on the label. Oh, I'm not sure. Whatever I haven't actually seen those bottles. They, yeah, so they've got a lot of barrels there. I think 70 tons worth of weight in beer and barrels. Wow. Uh, so they have to reinforce all the floor. They, interestingly enough, have a lot of them called wildflower, which they oh. started doing harvesting different flower wildflower off yeast. Ah, uh, sorry, yeast off wildflowers, and then wildflower launched, and they're like, oh crap, we've. We've uh, stepped on their toes, but yeah, really interesting place, and they're gonna their plans are to turn that into a big hospitality venue in the next couple of years. Um, just yeah, big obviously really ambitious long term for those guys. How much, uh, did you get a tour of the non-production side of things there? Like, what's the space look like? Um, so right now it's a bit of a office kind of building, two office buildings side by side, but. It's kind of like a fake or a, a, a front that was built in the 90s. They're just going to rip that off and then turn the car park into like a big sort of beer garden yeah, place. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, Do they have a timeline on there? No. Next couple of years, I think. Cool. Interestingly enough, right behind the Wild Workshop is a new brew pub that's currently being built, uh, Whistling Sisters. And across the road, there's another one called Fortune Favors, uh, both owned by pub groups. And both kind of... They have pub group names, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really, like, really middle-of-the-road uh, middle sounding names. And yeah. by all accounts, the beers are fine, but like, I don't know. Not, not I guess, for if you want something too exciting. I was just wondering if on the pub group thing we could get into your uh, predictions for 2018. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. sort of where you landed on that with the pub groups and how you sort of came to that. Well, um, things, seeing things like yeah. that in, um, I guess so, people that haven't read the blog, there's a post that I made of five predictions for 2018 and one of them was pub groups are going to start getting more involved in craft beer and opening up brew pubs. Um, so we've got Dixon Group bought Hawthorne, Hawthorne and they own the Beer Deluxes now. Uh, Colonial obviously own a, a, probably a lot more pubs than people realise. Um, even in the UK, I think they own a pub in the UK. Um, I was chatting to the guys that do uh, Sandhill Road Group, so they've got a couple of big places here. And do they own Garden State? At Garden yeah. State, Waterside yeah. Hotel. They're redoing the SB at the moment, right? And I know they're getting quite interested in craft beer. Um, so I get the sense that a lot of these groups, and then seeing that I guess in Wellington, where these groups are actually opening brew pubs, I think a lot of them are going to realise that there's probably at the moment a lot of money to be made in a, a halfway decent brew pub. Uh, and then being able to supply your own branded beer to other places, which is what these guys in Wellington are doing. They're getting a contract brewed off-site with a small brewery in the brew pub, just the pub, and then that's spreading that brand around Wellington, basically. Yeah. So it kind of becomes a branding exercise. Yeah, and the saving on uh, cost as well. Like Mm. you're cutting out a lot of middlemen in that process. So, yeah, I can definitely see that playing out. um, Maybe not this year, probably this year, actually. And definitely, I think, uh, chatting to a lot of people that, They've got one brew pub they want to expand. Um, Stomping Ground, I know they want to expand. Ether Brewing and Brisbane have got eyes to expand. Um, Hemingway's Brewery, they're expanding into another brew pub. So I think people are looking to spread their wings as brew pubs and whether or not that involves pub groups. I think it's pretty likely. Other than that, other than the kind of standard brew puby stuff, uh, I went to Hayday, I'm wearing the hat. 
you guys might be admiring the sweet hat that I got. Um, we'll have an interview with them maybe for our Christmas show. I don't think we've worked that out, have we, Dave? No, uh, ironed out, yeah. Yeah, but, um, either for the Patreon or the Christmas show. You were show. very um, bullish about Heyday. Yeah, a really cool space. Very not berry. What was the essence of it? Well, uh, let me tell you about the salt and pepper shakers. Okay. The salt and pepper shakers. Let's really get to the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. of it. Well, this kind of paints a picture, I think. Um, a little pink flamingo that's kind of like Florida pinky and then a lime green little cactus. Uh, the salt and pepper shakers every, on every table. Mm-hmm. So How do you differentiate between the two? Uh, don't know. I did not use any any seasoning on my meal. Okay. Um, I'm sure you could look at the holes. But it's kind of that, you know, Florida pink kitschy look that is not really berry but kind of cool to look at. Okay. Um, so it definitely felt – it didn't feel like you were walking to a brew pub. Even though the brewery is, you know, decently sized and you can see it. There's only separating the wall. The brewery and the bar is basically a, a waist-high wall kind of a thing. So you can see it really easily. Uh, and the beers were all really good. What did you have? I had the New England IPA. Of course you did, yeah. <laughs> and then I had their regular IPA. Then I might what have style had the, is the regular? Can't remember. Okay. I think it might just be a West Coast. Okay. And then I had their Hoppy Lager. So they were all brewed at Choice Brothers mm-hmm. Brewing or Husk Brewery. Oh, sorry, Husk is the venue. Choice Brothers is the brewery. Uh, while the brewery was being installed. So as of recording, it should be up and running and they're brewing in-house now. But I met the, the brewery's a, a really good dude and, yeah, they their beers were great. And it's in a cool spot, uh, top of Cuba Street, not too far from Tuatara, not too far from Garage Project um, and also close to Husk, which I also went to. Nice. Which was cool as well, which is Choice Brothers and, yeah, making some fun beers. Um, good beer city, hey? Yeah, also went to Falcon Brewer. For a few beers there, and the beers were just tasting all great. So, so over two days, I drank a lot of really good beers. That's a good way to do Wellington. Definitely. Now, I believe we don't have any more news. Doesn't sound like it. Do we want to come back and do our year-end awards? Sounds controversial, maybe. I don't know. Okay, we've returned. Oh, was that a uh, uh, relevant thought, was it? No. Okay. Well, kind of, yeah. Okay. Uh, welcome back. We've just got some more beers. Uh, Will and I have just got the Kasha Hopsmith, which Ooh, is pretty tasty. Uh, you're tasting good? Yeah, you got a nail amber. Nail amber. It's not the usual amber, though, is it? What does it say? I can't. There's a tap to the way from here. Uh, my eyesight's too bad. Uh, Will, how's your eyesight? Beasel? Beasel brew? Does that sound like something? Yeah. Diesel brew amber. Look at this authoritative beer yeah. podcast. <laughs> Not even willing to like stand up and look. <laughs> Good. Good. It's chewy, it's hoppy. Nice. Like it. All right, we're going to do some awards. This is what everyone's tuned in for. Now, last year, as we said, probably a little bit too much agreement. So we're going to have to argue argue our sides of the cases. Yeah. So I hope everyone's got their debating hats on. Did uh-huh. anyone do debate I don't team have any hat on. You've only got your heyday beer hat. Yeah. Yep. That's my debating hat. Can't believe you guys didn't bring yours. Uh, so let's do. We've got four categories. How about we do a rundown of last what happened last year, just to uh, whet the appetite of the sure, sure. Say. So the four categories are uh, most improved. Last year, most improved was Hop Nation. Hop Nation. Uh, I think this year they've kind of kept that going. They've been pretty good. Yep, they kept up their um, high level of output. One to watch. What was that last year? I think it might have been La Seren. 
Yeah, the last I ran. Yeah. How did we Fair feel point. about watching them this year? I watched them with great intent, yeah. Mm, they also won Beer of the Year, so it was a bit yeah. of a weird one. But they put out some really good beers this year. Which was Urban Pale last year for yep. those playing along at home. Oh, yeah, yeah. But they also, yeah, some of their, their barrel age stuff they put out or the limited release stuff, the... What's the name of that series? The um, um, avant-garde series. Yeah, the avant-garde series. All really excellent. Yeah. Um, some of the keg only. Well, I'm not sure if it is keg only, but some of the stuff that I had on tap at one of the takeovers that didn't go into bottles that I saw, mm. really strong. Vin Foley, I think, was one of the best beers I've had all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, good on them. Yeah. Keep it up, last I mean, it was. They were definitely worth watching. And brewery of the year were Pirate Life. Pirate Life. Boo. Boo, yeah. <laughs> so hopefully not another death sentence for whoever we choose in this particular year's selection. So let's talk about it. All right. What are we kicking off with? What do we say? Let's uh, invite our guest to tell us all about his most improved. Most improved? Most improved? Sure. Yeah, most, improved most improved nominations. Improved. Well, what do you got for us? Regale us. Yeah. I like we've just put you on the spot. Yeah, you really have. <laughs> uh, so I thought about this in a way that I don't know how you guys thought about most improved, but the the brewery I thought of certainly wasn't doing poorly last year, but I think they've really embraced smart marketing and being clever with their involvement in events in a way that has really gotten them into a lot of press, gotten them a lot of attention and gotten them sort of in a good spot and they'll continue to do that. So I went with Stomping Grounds because I think they started off the year with Pride um, getting behind a really great uh, cause. Uh, recently, More recently, they've been involved with Movember, the involvement with Manchester, uh, sorry, Melbourne City Football Club, uh, which is owned by Man City. Uh, oh, so I don't know that. Yeah, so... Yeah, I think they've they've really uh, the beers are always pretty damn good. It was always a good venue. They've probably even taken that to a bit of a stronger suit mm. this year. And yeah, I think they've embraced sort of clever marketing, smart events, and a lot of events for really good causes, which has really helped them out. It, they don't seem to do a bad thing in no, terms of like no. there's no none no events you go ah oh, looks a little bit middle of the road. Everything yeah. that comes up, I'm like oh I kind of want to check that out yeah they, they run with they run with their events and really get behind them mm. and i think that's a, a really good thing hmm. dave any thoughts on that or what's your uh, next one what's uh, your i love that one actually um a little bit different to how i went about it but i reckon it's a great um selection criteria and i it's hard to fault it really i'm looking at my selections now and going yeah <laughs> I will go through a couple of the ones I had and then arrive at my choice. Mm. Uh, this one, tough sell. My first one, my first runner-up is Co-Conspirators. I think they've put out a really strong year last year. Granted, they didn't do much before that, but it was a really promising, strong start as far as I'm concerned. Um, smart branding, all of their range looks really good. Uh, I'm not sure if I've tried the whole range. I think I probably have now, actually, and it's really solid. They've made a really, really good start to um, their brewing operation. Um, next selection that I might go with, but I wouldn't mind some discussion about, mm-hmm. Modus Operandi. Okay, nice. I feel like when DJ left, uh, 
they sort of did a bit of a consolidation of the brand, whether they did that intentionally or not. They came up with a pale ale that was pretty good, but I didn't see a lot from them. But in the last few months at least, there's been some real good um, offerings. They had that double IPA, Future Something That Escapes Me. Oh, yeah, me. I haven't tried that. Was that good? Uh, yeah, I really liked it. Um, they had that stout as well that was really good as well. I'm liking everything that I saw for the last few months at least. Uh, and I think it sort of regenerates a little bit of what they came out with uh, when they launched their brand. Mm. Sonic Prayer is great. Sonic Prayer is Such really good, good. yeah. But I think the one I want to nominate is uh, Holgate. Okay. Holgate, staples of the Victorian beer scene, um, probably fell victim a little bit to uh, increasing momentum from the pointer end of the industry. Um, but once they installed their new brew, brew house... They started to crank out some really, really impressive beers. Um, none more so than the Sauerbrett Ale. I think it was one of my favourite sort of funky beers that came out of the of the year. I'd say so that I enjoyed anyway. What do you think of those three? I also had Cocons down. Oh yeah, Cocons Spiritus down. They came out with so many good beers this year, and I guess one thing that might not put them in the mix mm-hmm. is a national distribution. I don't know where the distribution's out. You know, I, I don't know if that matters in this, but Stomping Ground have that kind of that bigger sure. footprint. Sure. It's not a um, uh, strong start award. It's a most improved, isn't it? So um, that's fair enough. But, and but like for me, most improved almost needs to be a a brewery that's done that something to uh, sort of well, I, shake I th- things up a little bit. Yeah, no, I think of it almost like it's like a sports club where most improved – it's kind of the plucky upstart. They're like, see, I'm I'm excited by Dave's suggestion of Holgate because okay. of that idea that most improved maybe should be something that's been around for a while, and they've taken and, and, and they've sort of run with the pointier end of the market while still having a pretty good and consistent, oh, a great consistent core. Sure, range as and well. you respect that they're an elder in the industry, but they're still doing what they can to stay relevant, and that's a, that's a poor choice of words, staying relevant, but um, doing something that pushes the the bounds of the pointy end though, perhaps. Oh, I like it. Yeah, I, but, but there's two ways to view it kind of. Is Should it be quite a new brewery that's sort of jumped up in a big access or should it be... Well, why don't we hear what Luke's selection yeah. is? My other one, other than co-conspirators, um, were Wildflower. And I know they didn't actually exist before the year, but I guess that's a huge improvement to going from not existing to existing. But uh, let's face it, the Veers came out leading the country uh, or, you know, in, in the top two or three breweries in the country in the style that he's doing uh, and then got a lot of press, like wine writers were talking about it, national publications talking about it. So much press that I think we had to say we're not going to talk about them anymore. Um, so, yeah, I, I sort of think... I don't know if it counts as most improved, but I think Wildflower should be in the conversation at least. Uh, he's just re- launched his bottle club this today, uh, and people are already, I think, buying into that at three hundred eighty dollars a year. So, yeah, I tell you what, if um, we can't solidify the case for Wildflower being the most improved brewery this year, you can bet your ass they're going to be in the conversation next year. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think they might be in the conversation for other awards this mm-hmm. year. Um, I can tell you they are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool, because I don't actually have them down okay, for other yeah. awards, but yeah. I, I feel like yeah. you would be. Uh, I really, I think Holgate works for me though. Yeah. I think yeah. they've done a lot and I 
I was in my liquor land the other day and there was hop tart in a six pack um, and Alpha Crucius in six packs, which was a huge turnaround from seeing their pale and, say, Temptress, which is also there, but, you know, as the only beers, which are a little bit old hat now. So I can, I'm willing to go with Dave on Holgate. You like Holgate? Yeah, yeah. What do you think, well, Will? Are you talked around on this? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm keen on it because they've been around for a while. And, yeah, it's, it's a bit of an odd one because Wild Red that came out last year really was amazing, and I haven't I haven't actually had this year's yet. I've got a bottle of it, but I I've heard it's as good. So uh, I kind of almost disqualify them a bit because I think they started kicking off really heavily last year. But no, they're getting a lot of good beers out there. They've been around for a while. I'm I'm happy for Holgate to all right to be the, the official ale of a, ale of a time. Best improved, most improved, most improved. Yep, I like it. Um, good, good debate on that. I came into this not thinking Holgate would be in the mix. Yeah, when I first thought about it, it didn't really strike me either. But then when I was thinking about what I enjoyed, and that came up, I was like, oh, that sort of uh, fits in. Well, I think last year the conversation went. I think we might have the same one. Let's say it at the same time. Three, two, one. Hop Nation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, there will be no prize in the mail. No. Um, we're going to move on to one to watch. Yeah. Wildflower for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I have two others for that. I I've also two have two that. others, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I've got Stomping Ground in the mix for one to watch. Okay. Because that was uh, all the good things they did. That was only really their first year in operation. I think when we were there last, they were showing us how many warehouses they'd bought that were adjacent to them. Mm -hmm. uh, two. I think the, Two, the number was. Exactly right. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, warehouses, though. That's, yeah, warehouses, that's, that's yeah. Big, yeah. Uh, the canning line is not quite up and running as far as Can't be as far away, though, yeah. Um, about to be commissioned, like you said, Pride Weiss. Um, so that's going to hit cans very soon. Uh, they've just done the Movember thing, as you said, and that's mm -hmm. going to hit cans. So I think next year, I wouldn't be surprised if they announce another brew pub. Um, and that is, I have no insider knowledge on that. Uh, but... You know, those guys, they love to announce big things. Absolutely. I think that's a strong case for uh, one to watch. Um, the other one I have in the mix, and this is a bit of a roughie. Go on. ABM Dev. Okay. They've just bought a shitload of breweries. Yeah. <laughs> and they are about to roll out two brew pubs is the plan for the next year. One in Melbourne, one in Sydney. Don't think they have locations yet, but they do have a brewer. Uh, I heard Glenn Harrison. Yeah. <laughs> just, just a throwback joke from last week. Yeah. Um, I was told his name, but I can't remember it. It's not someone I knew. Okay, so. fair enough. Uh, what they're going to do with Four Pines, who were planning quite big pub rollouts, was, was pretty big. Uh, will, be, will hopefully be pretty big. What they do with Pirate Life, obviously it's Pirate Life. And then, yeah, plus the Goose Island. Yeah, I think if you're paying close attention, they're going to make more waves than they have already in the last year because you don't blow that kind of money on Four Pines and Pirate Life and do nothing with sure. it. Sure. Um, I, um, I didn't foresee when I was making up my list of nominations, but I think this is definitely the most fun topic, the most okay. fun <laughs> category to talk about because that is 100%. Uh, that, could, that could be like, a tr like an easy win for uh, one to watch. Other ones that I've gone for along the same line is Fixation. I think it would be a fun one to watch um, in the upcoming year with their uh, brew pub plans. 
um, and extension to their range as well. Yeah, they just launched the Obsession Session IPA. I was going to bring Obsession. bottles. Obsession. Get Obsession. it? Yeah, yeah. Obsession. Obsession. Oh, okay. Now I fix that. Yeah. It's a pun. Um, I was going to bring bottles. You know how I love beer puns. <laughs> uh, and then I was leaving the house and I was like, I can't be bothered. No, no. Can't bother carrying a six pack yeah. on this way to a beer mash. So I didn't. No, no anyway. fair enough. Um, foreigner. Oh, twist. Yeah. Yeah. I still have not had a foreigner beer. No, and I really okay. want to. Well, I think we should do that. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, we've got a lot on coming up, but we're going to try and go drink some foreigner maybe. Um, but I mean, for all the all the reasons that uh, you mentioned in the last section, the one that I was leading hard with was Wildflower. Yeah, because what are they going to do? I mean, it's amazing. Even that, I don't even know if they're going to release anything like it. But that Punch and Pilsner was delicious. That was a delicious beer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, they're also, I think, doing a a one-off beer for some podcast. I don't know who it's going to be. Oh, Exclusive. Yeah, interesting. Sessionable? Any is that you yeah, guys? Yeah. <laughs> Any other? Should be, I guess. Uh, no, no more ones to watch for me. Let's throw it over to Will. Okay, so I also had Fixation. Is, is probably what I'd say is my top pick because they're opening the brew pub in Melbourne. I think we're going to see a lot. Of, well, we're definitely going to see a lot more beers coming out of that brew pub. It's just much smaller space than they've had to deal with. Up around, up in Byron, um, yeah. I the think brew pub's not going to be huge, though. No, no. But like I mean, in six terms of or something, isn't uh, it? Ten, ten, ten kegs will be coming out of it <laughs> each beer. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was like yeah, six yeah. heg. Yeah, something. six heg. Yeah, hang, that, hang on. That sounds right. That's that, that six heg is definitely it. Yeah, okay. I'm just bad at maths. <laughs> I was going to say because um, reps over there, we could yeah, probably ask him. Yeah, but. but uh, yeah, I think like, but but from that, I think they'll have a lot more room to experiment in that brew pub, mm. and uh, you know, release pirate brews and change things up and and play with their recipes a lot, and those will move very quickly to Byron's to the Byron site or to the larger site, and be able to come out in quantity. Uh, so I, I think they'll be much faster in that respect, and will um, that'll really change things up a lot. Uh, having that very small hyperlocal venue, while also having a massive production facility that Stone and Wood have access to. As a punter, yeah. though, when you're presented with the option of going to a fixation brew pub for a few beers, that sounds so fun. Mm. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, my other one was maybe a bit of a rough as well that you guys might. Might have flown under your radar. At least I'm hoping it was. Is filter with a pH? Okay, yeah. I was up in Sydney last month for a couple of weeks. In the inner west, in parts of Sydney, there's a lot of tightly priced beers from them being poured from a lot of venues. They'll be opening up their own site in Marrickville, I believe, or they're looking for a site in Marrickville. Their XPA was Champion Pale Ale at the Craft Beer Awards. I th- um, you've already seen some of their beer get down to Melbourne really, you know, for $17 a six-pack or something, really sharp pricing. I think next year once they've got their own facility, they're going to sort of keep running at that uh, that price and really spread out Do you think they'll be able to quick. keep it at that price if they've got a smaller facility? I, I, I don't know. I'm yeah, I, I don't know. I... I don't really understand how craft breweries price a beer at seventeen or eighteen dollars a six pack M- from a store like Blackheart. Moondog yeah. do it for old mate pale. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know how they do it. Yeah, it, it, 
so uh, yeah, my answer would be I don't know how you can actually run for that long, but I think they'll do it for long enough to have a really a much more significant foothold in the craft beer market than they currently have. I have a feeling that's a strategy around those kinds of things. You get the feeling that Moondog have been around long enough, have enough revenue stream with their um, uh, other with their tap rooms or whatever to justify having a really really low cost margin um, beer out there. So coming out of the gates essentially with that strategy is bold but if they can get a foothold in a good area then um, it could pay dividends for them i like their branding mm, branding is cool it's Different. interesting yeah it stands it out it looks like euro trash yeah. and it's yeah. well doesn't yeah. it yeah. yeah yeah um but i like that though yeah I but like i'm that. yeah i i guess fixation is my strongest okay all right watch um uh, i so. feel like Ooh, I will. Geez. I will add a caveat that uh, Wildflower may be appearing in a later one of my. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, which is why I've, so far they've been unmentioned by me. Okay, I understand. Um, I'd like Stomping Ground and uh, Filter as options there. Can I uh, put one? I guess my argument against Filter, and this isn't isn't really a knock on them. Yeah, it's going to be a knock on them. Um, <laughs> I don't think the like the beer's good. I don't think it's interesting enough for me to be like watch them. Like XPA, it's fine. It's good. Uh, I haven't tried the other two. What's the other one? I never got a lager. What's the other beer? Uh, red ale session. Okay. Red IPA. Is that red as well? Or is yeah. that oh, yeah, okay? Yeah. yeah. Um, so nothing about those three beers makes me go, yeah, I really want to see what they're doing next. Where's where's that going to go? It's just like. I feel like they're led by the branding and they've got on a brewer who's a very talented brewer making good beer, but their long-term plan for actual beer, eh. I can understand that. Yeah. I'm most compelled out of our, all of our selections, I'm most compelled by Stomping Ground as the one to watch. I feel like in the last category I was kind of pushing Stomping Ground for the same reasons you're pushing them now. So, so I'm pretty happy to like run with stomping ground for this category because we're kind of suggesting the same points that yes. they've done a lot of good in the last year and, and they will only be more interesting next year as a result of well, that. that so like congratulations is that. due for stomping ground for one to watch in yeah, 2018. Yeah. Keep your eyes um, on stomping ground. Genuinely. Yeah. I'm really excited. Yeah. See what happens with definitely. Ground. Definitely. Um, gee, we're flying through our, uh, are we flying through? I don't know. No, it feels it's like it. 20 minutes to get here. So oh, it's good. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, are we going to go with uh, brewery. brewery of the year? Yeah, yeah. Okay. How about you kick us off, Luke? Oh, man, I struggled with this. And I've got two Melbourne-based, and I guess yeah. we live in Melbourne. So Melbourne-based Melbourne too, actually, yeah. But quite different breweries. The first one, uh, Three Ravens. Mm-hmm. Juicy has just been a revelation. Almost everything they've done in the last year has been fantastic, but Juicy has sort of like almost uh, become the essence of the brand. Yeah, yeah. And it's also like I think the best version, most consistently good good version of the New England IPA. I agree with that. Uh, their core range, every time I have one of them, I'm just like completely Couldn't agree away. more. Thornbury Lager is a Thornbury go-to Lager. for me. Yep. Um, their Wild Raven range is really interesting. Uh, and they, they put out some really stellar beers in that range that I think people have overlooked a lot. Sourdough. The sourdough beer they've did um so they're kind of pushing boundaries in that yeah regard. for sure um also uh i don't know if you guys have had it yet but the acid can yeah acid can delicious fun. yep delicious nice, simple uh kettle sour that's just 
easy going. I like I like this selection by the way. Um, yeah. yeah, they've just it's just been a consistent goal kicking where it's like they've gone from the last maybe two years, <clears throat> me never really being that interested in going to their brew pub because it's such a pain in the ass to get to. I don't think anyone cares enough about the Druid either. That's so yeah, good. Druid, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and now I've gone to like. On a Friday night, you mentioned you're going there. I'm like, oh man, I really wish I was going there on this tonight. And like the few times I've been there recently have been fantastic. The um, other one I want to throw into the mix, and this is, might be a bit of a roughie, uh, Mountain Goat. Okay, they've put out was Pop Fiction this year. Yeah, but that's that that run of um, crossbreeds, inbreeds, whatever they're releasing were. All really good. Yeah, everything they've put oh, out. You know what? I mean, this is just me. I didn't love the Back to the Brewer that much, but a lot of people did. So, um, uh, sorry, Pulp Fiction was 2016 December. What, this like, but pretty was much it since our was it since yeah, our show out. though? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so in terms of, we all thought they were going to go backwards completely. No, I think everyone wrote them off as being like, okay, they've got Steam Ale doing their thing. They've got Summer Ale. There's no reason to to really pay attention to them. But they've just been so consistent with their uh, Silence of the Rees I liked a lot. Silence of the Rees was yeah, great. Yeah, that was really um, good. And, yeah, the, it's hard to, I guess, knock what they've done and what they've continued to do in that, in that small brewery and also with Azahi. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to put them in the mix. I don't mind that one bit. Will, what do you think, Will? I liked um, – I, I think it also reinforces keeping – that you know, smaller brewery completely separate from the large one, like like throwing those kind of cool range beers off to a separate space, and then really giving the brewers that are you know on site at a smaller brewery a lot more uh, um, a, a lot more freedom to to run with their ideas and mm. and not really worry about those cool range beers. But yeah, I well, I had uh, uh, three ravens as okay. uh, brewer of the year. Were your reasons uh, different to mine? No, they were pretty similar. I think both venue and beers, they've gone from strength to strength. Like, um, yeah, the every single beer, they seem to have a really fun launch for it, really interesting launch, really tight branding now. They seem to manage, you know, I guess the, the sour side of things really well with maybe the more exciting things coming out of America and they – so tradition and core and they, they seem to really blend all that really strongly together. But my other brewery was Wildflower. Okay. And so, yeah, the, the beers are fantastic. I was, yeah, being in Sydney, I, I went to the brewery twice. It's a fantastic place to drink and hang out. It's You get a really broad, like, range of people there. So obviously something's bringing – like, you know, for the idea that you'd assume that sours – are sort of for the beer nerds or just for a certain type of person. The, the type of people going in there couldn't be more diverse, more different. It's people going in there because they're interested in having something unusual and having a really good space. And, yeah, obviously the beers are great. Seeing the the, the announcement this morning with the uh, – I can't remember exactly what he's calling it – the collective, yeah, collective yeah. Uh, um, that's only another good idea that uh, is really interesting. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, and that Czech Pilsner was great. 
Oh, and, that and was the, fantastic. And the table beer is great as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I brought two yeah. on home in my life. I threw out shirts to bring, get that beer back <laughs> <laughs> back to Melbourne. Like The table that, beer? Yeah, the table. Beer? I didn't. But, well, the others you can normally get elsewhere, but I don't think he sells table beer outside. No, brewery only. Uh, yeah. Of the brewery. So, yeah, I, I was pretty keen to make sure I had a few for, for dinners and yeah. that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, interesting. Dave. Yeah, some got? real strong ones so far. Just um, touching on Three Ravens. I probably haven't interacted with and drunk any other brewery as much this year. Okay. Um, so that's strong for me. My two selections are so Luke and Dave that it's boring. James Bogues. <laughs> um, but I tried real hard to justify it out of my selection and I couldn't. Um, my f- I'm going pretty hard for my... Um, Number one selection. My number two selection is Boat Rocker. I mean, how many times do we talk about Boat Rocker? But there's a great reason for it because so many times I see a release from them that I didn't know was coming. It's something I never heard of. Uh, I go, I'm probably not going to get to try that, but I wish I could and it sounds amazing or I'm going to do whatever I can to try and get that beer. Everything we've had um, that I've had this year has been super fun um their events have been fun uh you made a pretty delicious barbecue sauce with uh some october beer uh they've just started distilling on site which is i mean i think you it was one of your selections for uh predictions for 2018 it was going to happen more and more often um I, I found it hard to not have them in my uh, selection criteria. The other one that's the most Luke and Dave answer of, for Brewer of the Year, it's La Serene. Yeah. Uh, every beer that I had this year was like staggeringly good. Vin Foley was might be the best beer I had all year. Um, uh, Cuvée de Bois was amazing. Uh, that was the new one? Yeah, it's the out? new one. Uh, the La Folie, the triple, the barrel from it to triple with cherries, amazing. All of the avant-garde series, like just hitting high levels with each of these independent releases, chuck in some Urban Pale here and there. You can always fall back on this Saison. You can find most places. I, I couldn't go past them as being Brewery of the Year. A couple of things on those, and it's probably an interesting one. Um, the ones for Boat Rocker, the Pale Ale... Core range entirely. Yep, I agree with you. not like at all. Um, I just think that they put with out massive enough. apologies to them because I and I, I when they first came out with the Hop Garden Pilsner, I think it was called Hop Beer. Loved it. I think was uh, it? Yeah, Hop Beer. Hop Beer. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, delicious and their their pale ale. I actually agree with that. Um, extending to their whole core range, to be honest. Um, and that so that for me, fair. But I thought that their one-off and special releases were good enough to justify. Um, well, the, the the other the other thing, um, price. The inaccessibility of, of price-wise of a lot of their beers, and same with um, Last Last Iron. Iron. Yep. And, it, and it might be something I'm more conscious of now, and, and Will, we might be sort of in the same boat as now I don't have the cushy corporate job and I'm freelancing. It's a real factor. Uh, yeah, and then I look at some of their beers. And I think that's why 30, I was 30, probably swayed. I think I've made most of my decision on them based on the – um, tap takeover I went to because mm. you could just buy the yeah, yeah, glasses yeah. of it rather than um, committing to bottles of it but um, no other brewery had even close to the hit rate that they did for me this mm. year mm. but where does that leave us then? I think there's too many compelling arguments for three Ravens okay so would anyone have an issue I guess 
with any of your others. Will, what do you got? Three Ravens may have appeared in my best beer, so I have a slight issue with giving them best brewery, but well, the best that's probably probably the, the beer, strong. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> probably a strong reason why they should get it as well. All right. I'm agreeing with yeah. that because there's none, none of the beers that I've been yeah. disappointed they, they, like I was, I thought a lot about putting them in most improved, but I kind of thought the improvement was happening a long time ago under Brendan, so I, I kind of thought it wasn't fair to put them in that. Um, but, yeah, Best Brewery I've enjoyed Three Ravens that much this year that I'm very, very comfortable having them as the uh, as a lucky winner of the Ale of a Time Brewery of 2017. Well done. We'll put an applause sound effect in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote them down thinking, uh, I don't know. So I'm glad I'm glad we've we've come to consensus on that. Beer of the year. Yeah, I can't jump in first with uh, <laughs> I had juicy from Three Ravens. Yeah. Um, that, that as was- as a clear sound out. And I think I connected it to those events that they had that were really fun, tight branding on the cans. Yeah, those They've cans kind of great. released variants of it since, which I you know, shows that it's obviously got a strong following. I mean, you know, not, Hazy IPAs, whatever we're going to call them, they've been huge this year, and I think that beers sort of symbolise them better than any other. Totally agree. The first beer that came to mind when thinking about this category was Juicy, um, so that was really close to being my selection as well. Um, but then, when thinking about it, uh, the beer that really staggered me and made me go holy shit this is unbelievable was Vinfoli from La Serene. so that was my pretty clear choice um, for beer of the year. I've kind of gone a bit of a different way both beers definitely in the mix and Juicy was probably the first to come to mind and then I thought about it some more and realised Fair Warhog every time I've had it this year and it, I don't think it hit cans I think it hit cans last year but uh, probably late last year it's available nationally in Dan Murphy's I don't think as a double IPA there's a better one in the country. It's always, always good. Um, it's a decent price. I would happily drink it every day and I just think that to me is, yeah, the best beer going around. Oh, the best, sorry, nationally available beer going around that's always around, always up. Listeners will know I'm a huge fan of Warhog um, since it got packaged. The only reason why I would detract from that it's not nothing to do with the brewers it's because i think i mainly get that beer at dan murphy's um i don't know first choice carrier but at the bigger um bigger chains and sometimes the cans get older there and I've never seen an old can of juicy ever. Okay. <laughs> so, but like, can, can you fault them for that? Like, is that no? I know, but, but I mean, it, but like, like if you're gonna, if the beer of the year, you almost have to do it the on the shelf factor. Like, what can you get on the shelf? I don't know. It's, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe we need to nut out the rules of our competitions more thoroughly before we do them. <laughs> but, um, but only, well, no, but I mean, that would be the only factor that I have. Like, if you're gonna, like, the two of the three beers that we've submitted are similar, yeah. juicy and warhog, and that's the only thing that I would probably say. One way or the other, but hey, I'm loving the beers we've chosen though. I think Juicy might be it. I'm landing on Juicy because we all, we all thought that pretty quickly. Yeah, it was <laughs> everyone's first reaction when you thought about it. And and when you when we look back at 2017 and the the annals of history, uh, we're gonna say what style did everyone go crazy for in 2017? And it was Juicy IPA. Absolutely. And, um, and 
I mean, no justification required because we're all men of integrity. But our brewery of the year is Three Ravens, and they've it's pretty much launched off juicy. I mean, I know they were doing a lot of their um, other series, their Wild Raven series before that came out, but they've really like they picked helped, up momentum off the back of that beer. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I'm very comfortable with that. Well, congratulations, Three Ravens. Three Ravens have cleaned up, haven't they? Yeah. Um, so am I to understand that everyone's bridesmaid was Wildflower? Yeah. Oh, Topher. Uh, Wildflower are basically like commended highly in every category. Yeah. <laughs> strong strong participant, but uh, no gongs. Will? Well, I mean, he's only been open for six months, so I guess less than six months, right? Yeah, I, I also think we started by saying that we wouldn't have a best brewery that was also the best beer, but we've quickly fallen back on that, which which I'm pretty okay with. To be honest, I didn't think about this until this morning when I when I sort of sat down to write it all. And if you had said to me at the start of that Three Ravens would be both, I would have said no, and then I would have thought about it and went, oh, yeah, no, that tracks. Um, I would love to hear other people's other people's thoughts because obviously we're, we're all Melbourne. But, yeah, what's your experience been with other breweries? Send us a, a facey. Is that what the kids call it, faces? You're yeah, in the youth right well. Yeah. <laughs> Snapchat. Send okay. us a Snapchat. Send us a Snapchat. Um Yeah. Anything more to add on our annual awards? I think it's probably a better discussion than last year. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I probably didn't think it would go three Ravens and Juicy either, but I'm pretty happy that it did. Uh yeah, I would like to hear from people outside of Victoria to see what you think. Because no doubt that you got better access to um better versions of products that we get here um, and there's so much happening out west I'd love to hear something about what's going on out west um, not west of Melbourne Luke got it in um, western Australia I got it I'm an idiot <laughs> but hey we, I, I was all about murder supper and wildflower we are not just total Melbourneites yeah, um, yeah but I think that's a pretty good collection of winners they will all be chuffed when they get the notification the Letterbox. When they receive no no award in the mail. When someone tags them in a post going, hey, do you care about this? We spoke to Brendan early January last year. Maybe we need to speak to Brendan again. As a triumphant uh, winner. Yeah. And I know he's always up for it. I think we're going to do a blind Elko pop tasting with him. That that we had drunk a lot when we came yeah, up Yeah, no, I'm that. still up for that. Oh, yeah, I'd do it. Don't worry yeah. about that. Um, all right, well, let's take a short break and we'll come back and... After all those great recommendations, yeah, do we'll some, do some Rex. Yeah, love it. We are back. No, well, I'm back. I don't know about you. Here we go. There he is. Welcome all back. right. Uh, we just got another beer. Yeah, one we, that didn't uh, actually medal in the didn't end. Didn't medal, but well. Didn't win, Almost did, but yeah. uh, it was part of the discussion. Uh, the Vin Foley from La Sarin. Uh Man, it's good. We had a sneaky sip. Yeah, it's so delicious. good. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about some recommendations. That's what we're known for. So we're going to do non show. Just uh, no beer ones. It's been, a, it's been a whole show of beer recommendations. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't come away with us for a beer to go drink, then I don't know, get a different podcast. <laughs> All right, I would like to hear... Don't get a different podcast. <laughs> no, 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 listen. <laughs> subscribe and give us Patreon money. Um, I would like to hear Will's non-beer rec to kick off with. Cool. So in keeping with the Ale of the Time 
tradition. I don't have a podcast, but I do have a Netflix TV show Beautiful. to recommend. Dark. Uh, Tell me about it. It was released last week. The whole first season's out. It's a German show. Uh, it's got. It's been called a very dark version of Stranger Things. Uh, it's yeah. There's a bit of there's a time travel kind of sci-fi element to it. It's also for people who like their you know very depressing and bleak Scandinavian or more generally European dramas it's it's definitely got that going on set in a very small town where everyone's got secrets and children start going missing it's very good i probably watched about it's a 10 episode first season i probably watched about eight episodes of it on saturday because i was waiting for that superstorm and it's like i'm just gonna stay home all day i don't know what i'm gonna do but i ended up watching dark and it's yeah it's it's really good uh, my Netflix automatically dubbed it in American, which I was not a fan of yeah, right. at all. Because I didn't lips, know that was even a facility they um, offered. Neither did I. Yeah, right. But I, I've never actually watched a sort of foreign film or drama off Netflix, I think. But, yeah, they automatically dubbed it and it really creeped me out seeing the lips moving in the words coming out of different <laughs> different basing. So watch it in German. Watch it with subtitles. It makes you How pay more attention. How long did it take you to realise you could do that? Change it. Well, it was pretty quick. I was like, I thought this was a German yeah, TV right. show. Why the hell is this? <laughs> why, why the hell is this yeah, person no talking that, in yeah. a, with an American accent? Uh, but probably longer than I'd like to admit <laughs> <laughs> at the same time. I was like, oh, maybe he speaks, you know, he speaks English with his mates at high school. <laughs> great ventriloquist. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's it's good. Uh, it's yeah, it's been compared a lot to Stranger Things. I think it definitely doesn't have that fun element of Stranger Things. It's pretty hard to watch, but also kind of hard to look away from. But yeah, it's a great That's sci-fi a strong recommendation. TV show. You know what just occurred to me? Imagine if you like listen to the show, but you don't have Netflix, you would get nothing out of the non-VRX. Just. Just keep signing up for the show and uh, for Netflix and then cancelling your account and get that free month. Yeah, I like Get that, your mate yeah. to sign yeah. up for the free month. You, there's ways to work around Netflix. Also, if people don't have a Netflix account, they're probably downloading a lot. So Yeah, okay. Fair call. the downloading. I'd like to hear your uh, non-VRX. So mine, I'm going to recommend a song. Okay. It's not a new song. I can't remember what year it came out. Uh, but it's by the former singer of the Easy Beats, Stevie Wright. Called Black Eyed Bruiser. Do you guys know the song no. Black Eyed Bruiser? Oh, such a good song. Yeah. Uh, was it in your um, Spotify top 100? It was. That's it what was? reminded me on the way okay. here. I had a completely different recommendation. And then that song came on. I went, man, that's a good song. He allegedly at one point was going to replace Bon Scott as a singer of ACDC. And I, I think that's a bit of a myth, but the song is very ACDC like. Uh, but man, it's just a. a what was it called again? Black Eyed Bruiser. Black Eyed Bruiser. Yeah. Stevie Wright. Yeah. Is it under Stevie Wright's name or is it? Yeah, yeah, uh, under, okay. under that. Yeah. Uh, look it up. It's on YouTube. Uh, it's one of the best Australian rock songs. Even though he's originally from the UK, he lived in Australia most of his life, I we'll think. We'll take so, him, yeah. yeah. Pavlova, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he's, it's the Pavlova, he's the Pavlova of, of songs. Uh, yeah, got it. Uh, yeah, Stevie Wright, Black Eyed Bruiser. Check it nice. out. Nice. I like it. I'm going to go with a recommendation I thought I might have doubled up with Luke this week. Uh, given Easy to me, Beats? No. <laughs> given to me by Luke as 
a frequent recommendation that I thought I would go, I don't have time for this, Luke. Uh, but Freeze Frame Bot on Twitter. <laughs> yes. I don't know if you're aware of it, Will. Freeze Frame Bot is great. <laughs> it's it's one of the funniest things that I've encountered in a long time and it's a slow burn, free, it's a sl- slow burn enjoyment because maybe I was just like on my defense when Luke said check this dumb internet shit out because that's normally how I cope with it. I don't, I don't like it. But the Fear. yeah, but the premise of Freeze Frame Bot—it's a bot that generates random videos, and it has a—it uh, plays five seconds of the video, record scratch, freeze frame. Yep, that's me. And it, it'll, might, it'll zoom in on a random, zoom in on a random part of the screen and say, "Yep, that's me." You're probably wondering how I got myself in the situation, and it just takes random videos from the internet and. You might watch a couple. It takes 12 seconds at a pop, so you can go through a few, no worries. But you might think it's sort of amusing on the first few tries, but then you'll find one that's perfect and you'll be on a rabbit hole for the rest of the day. It is way too entertaining. Freeze at Freeze Frame Bot on Twitter. I assume that's the only platform it's on. Yeah, yeah, yeah just a but Twitter thing. Could not recommend that enough. If you're looking to kill some time, good lord. There's some hilarious ones. I think there's 10 a day. So, But the, f- um, the reason why it's so hilarious is because you might hit a video that's perfect. That's perfect for the yeah. caption, but then you might find one that doesn't work at all. But that works even harder <laughs> than the one that... It's strong. You just go and check it out for yourself on Twitter. Uh, hey, Will, if people want to check you out on the internet or, or pay you money to write for them, where do they find you? Just Will, uh, my Twitter's Will Zabel, Z I E B E L L. Some people pronounce it Zebel, but that's incorrect. Uh, Instagram, I'm the same. My no Facebook, but uh, my email is will at craftypint.com. Awesome, Dave. What about you? Send us an email at dave at aleofatime.com. Uh, catch me on Twitter where you'll find Freeze Frame Bot. At uh, MelbDave. Uh, same on Instagram. Check uh, the show out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash aleofatime. Uh, Luke, how about you? You can get me at aleofatime uh, pretty much everywhere. aleofatime.com. Did you say like us on iTunes? Give us a no, five star. Give us a five I think star. we've got a new five star on iTunes. So thank you. How does whistling was. into a mic sound at the, uh, at the edit? Okay, all right. Uh, check us out on Hypothopod, uh, the Hypothetical Institute, my conspiracy podcast. Uh, we're doing Elvis this week. So I don't know. I wish I could do an Elvis voice, but I can't. Uh, but yeah, thanks for coming along, Will. Thanks for having me. See you uh, next time, Dave. Oh, do we want to say congratulations to. All the winners today. I was going to name them by name, but I forgot them. I was going to say our next episode was going to be our 100th, but we're going to skirt around it and do a proper 100th next year. Yeah, we figured that like maybe 10 days of preparation isn't quite enough to do a live event. So yeah, yeah. Um, we will have so something I, special. Uh, Hit us up on Patreon. Send us a few bucks. Got some upcoming shows for your ear holes so uh, that you can only get if you contribute. Yeah, yeah. How we're, much per month? Uh, five bucks. Five bucks a month for those shows. Um, we're also going to do... A special Christmas episode that doesn't count as an official 100th episode, but Christmas Day, when you're sick of your family, uh, you can tune into a little bit of beer chat. 
Yeah, and you'll have a good time. You had Costa last year. You'll yeah. have a better one this year. Well, maybe not That's better. Yeah. <laughs> that was a pretty <laughs> great one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're drinking Vin Lee. I'm pretty yeah, happy with Costa's work. Yeah. <laughs> Just trying to pump up the show. That's all. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Bye. <laughs>